When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with one of the absolute best that covers Ohio State on a regular basis, the assistant sports editor for the Columbus Dispatch, my old friend Lori Schmidt. In this episode, she gives her unique perspective on the makeup of this Ohio State football team, why it's so important to remember that these players, despite all of the incredible things that they are capable of on the field, are still young men, how she feels that head coach Ryan Day deals with the pressure that comes with his job, what she thinks has to happen for Ohio State to win the Peach Bowl tonight, and much, much more. I will note real quick that a few minutes into our conversation, Lori's audio that came through Skype started to get a little robotic, a little echoey, sounding a little Cylon-esque. She actually signed out, signed back in, and then it sounded great for about five minutes and then started happening again. So we did everything we could. I tried to play with it a little bit in post, but it will get a little echoey about five-ish minutes into the podcast. But her content was so great. Her insight is so spectacular. We thought it was worth getting the episode out as it was anyway. So with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with the one and only Lori Schmidt. All right, I am now absolutely delighted to be joined by one of my absolute favorite people in the Buckeye world, but also just in the world in general, the assistant sports editor for the Columbus Dispatch, Lori Schmidt. Lori, welcome back. Thank you so much for chatting and happy holidays. It is always such a pleasure to be talking to you, Matt. So we are here recording on Friday, December 30th, just about, what would that be, about 31 hours away from kickoff at the Peach Bowl. By the time people hear this, it will be Saturday, New Year's Eve, and every Ohio State fan will be on pins and needles waiting for whatever is to occur down in Atlanta. But I wanted to talk to you because you have a, a kind of a unique view on not only this team, uh presently, but also looking back in the program throughout the course of the football season, you do regular profiles of players that are currently on the team and then players who have been a part of the program uh, over the years. Some of them are names that we recognize. Some of them are not. Um, and I want to just kind of get your vibe on what this team is, who they are, um, how the last I don't know, five weeks have, might have impacted them heading down to the college football playoff semifinal. So first off, for people who don't know, kind of explain what it is that you do coming out of the 
all team media availabilities or not all team, but the the large player of media availabilities every week and how you figure out who you're going to profile and what stories you're going to focus on on a week to week basis. Uh, actually, that's kind of easy for me, Matt. Um, okay. I go to the media availability every Wednesday. Um, they don't make all the players available. They make a select number of players available. Right. And, and I go to those, and I go up to the OSU SID, and I say, who's someone interesting that I should talk to? <laughs> um, and they give me a name, and I go talk to that person. Um, I, there is... Um, there's a little bit of a collaboration here. I want to make sure to get people that uh, want to talk, for one. Two, that are interesting and, and talk well and have a nice little backstory. And OSU doesn't want me to talk to uh, someone who doesn't want to talk, right? Yeah. So we collaborate on that, and it's worked well for both of us. Uh, I, I know that there's a little bit of uh, – that. that means that I am – I am talking to people that the Buckeyes want me to talk to, but I think it works well for the audience, which is my primary concern. Yeah, you, you've you gotten some great stuff from some of the more well-known players throughout the season, whether that's um, Ronnie Hickman or Lathan Ransom, but you've also highlighted some players who might either be completely under the radar or maybe still waiting for their breakout, um, whether that's folks like Caden Curry or... Um, somebody who has been in the news a lot recently ever since the Michigan game, and that is um, Ohio State's new kind of emergency long snapper who has kind of been at the center of a lot of discussions following what may or may not have been a supposed fake punt that was supposed to happen in the game. Yeah, Mason Arnold is, he's such a good kid, and I'm glad we got to talk to him before that botched fake punt uh, because these guys are human, Matt, and I know that it's sometimes easy to forget when a player makes a play that screws up your team's chances against their rival. Um, so I am glad we have that out there imprint, this reminder that Mason Arnold is this kid who is so tight with his family that his twin sister transferred from Florida to Ohio State just so that they could live together. Hmm. I'm glad that that is out there. Mason's a good kid. I also do like the mix of being able to talk to people who are, as you put it, haven't emerged yet. Because, for instance, last year, that included Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think if you read that profile, you really get the sense of how this year felt for him. Because he is the most childlike person that I have talked to. I don't mean childish. I mean childlike. So innocent so emotional and it is easy to imagine how hard this year was for him when you just read that like the favorite thing that he ever bought himself was this nice little plant and <laughs> he loves this little plant because it's low maintenance like him um it just it takes you inside their life a little bit more than hey tell me about how you got to be a wide receiver or hey you know what is life as a long snapper like um what do you think of OSU? I, I like being able to delve into their life a little bit more, remind people that these are young men with families and inner lives and hobbies and things that they like to do beyond football. I, I really enjoy, it's one of the more enjoyable aspects of my job. 
You've profiled uh, dozens of players over the last couple of years, many of whom are still on the team, even if Jackson Smith and Jigba, like you said you did last year, is is not suiting up for the Peach Bowl on Saturday. And obviously there are many, many more players on the team, you know, 85 scholarship, 100 plus when you, incl- when you count walk-ons and all of that. But have you been able to kind of ascertain a, a kind of personality for the team as a whole by talking to these individuals are is there some sort of of representative traits that you find through all of these players that might speak that might speak to the totality of the team as fans watch it just on tv and don't have the opportunity to interact with them one-on-one i think what it's reinforced for me is that players take on the personality of their coach Ryan Day is a guy who is has a pretty high emotional EQ. His players are that way, too. He's a nice guy. His players tend to be nice guys. Um, the, the, the unselfishness you see at times, for instance, in the wide receiving core, is not just there for show. It's a, an actual real thing. I, I think... And I've, I've heard this from a couple of the Xbox guys that I've interviewed too, that this particular team has a, a team first mentality that has really helped them through most of the year. So that's, that's a, what I would say is characterizes this team. You are obviously very close to the team. You've seen a lot of these, these players, you obviously covered all the games, but you are not in Atlanta. You have not been there to kind of be with the team as they ramp up for the college football playoff semifinal. But um, I wonder if you have gotten a sense through some of the media availabilities that happened before they went down to Georgia, uh, how that team first mentality and unselfishness is playing out as they get a second opportunity to kind of achieve some of their goals after having lost the opportunity to achieve the first two when they lost to Michigan and therefore could not win the Big Ten title. I just think, and it's just something that I have been thinking about and can't stop thinking about, is what I go back to. Teams take the personality of their coaches. And going into the Michigan game, that was a bad thing for OSU because (laughs) Ryan Day had a reasonable approach. You can't be reasonable when it comes to to (laughs) Michigan and the way that you attack that game. You either have to be a Jim Trestle-like, where his players thought it was the ultimate honor and privilege and you were going out there just it was so awesome it was amazing or you have to have the personality of an urban meyer where you are absolutely panicked about the possibility of losing the game you are scared to death that you might lose to michigan and uh urban meyer will you know take it out on you afterward you have to have one of those approaches to michigan Ryan Day, he's a reasonable fella. He is even keel. His team went out there and did not have the Jim Trussell, it's such a privilege to be here attitude, did not have the we're afraid to lose attitude of Urban Meyer squads, and that was bad. But now, when you need the team to rebound, and uh, they're an underdog now, so it's a slightly different role, I think being reasonable and emotionally level-headed might be a good thing for the Buckeyes. But, of course, we'll see Saturday night. 
Speaking of of how they might rebound, a lot of that will have to do with the team that are they are playing, and that is obviously the number one defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. The Dispatch has had tons of great coverage, not only from Media Days, but a, a lot of analysis of this matchup heading into the college football playoff. As you have kind of been overseeing a lot of that coverage, what what do you think some of the keys for this game will be both for the Ohio State offense and the defense as they with all due respect to Michigan, the team that beat them in their regular season finale, they're still going to have to take a step up in competition if they want to have the opportunity, A, for a rematch against Michigan, and B, for a chance to win the national title. I think that the key for the defense will be to stop Georgia's tight ends, which, you know, I think if you're an Ohio State fan and have seen the way the Buckeyes have played against some pretty good tight ends this year, you've got to be pretty happy with the potential that they could do that. Um, they might end up playing a little more three linebacker sets to do that. Uh, and, and I think they've they've had some um, success in doing that before. I think for the offense, the key will be Luke Whipler and Ohio State's guards against Jalen Carter. You've, you've just got to keep C.J. Stroud clean and give him time to find those fabulous wide receivers. And C.J., I, I think he's got to use his feet a little bit. Uh, he is... Show me he can do that. You just need him to recognize when the best moments for that will be. I, th- I think in a, in a bowl game too, Matt, I always think that you need to come out with a little bit of an X factor that your opponent isn't expecting. And I, I will be really curious what, for Ohio State that that X factor might be. Any ideas or predictions or thoughts of what that X factor could or should be? CJ's feet. I mean, CJ's feet. That's what I would think it would be. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of fans have been desperate to see CJ escape the pocket and pick up yards here or there, uh, especially on, you know, third and six, rather than trying to force a ball, uh, taking what's given. And he's been hesitant to do that for much of his career in Columbus. And a lot of times that is put on Ryan Day, saying that he doesn't want him to run because he wants to make sure that he stays healthy, which... uh, Obviously, given all the injuries that Ohio State has seen this year, that makes sense that you want your your quarterback, your captain to be healthy and you don't want to have to turn to an inexperienced backup. But I also think that there is something about C.J. Stroud that I, I don't know that it is ever connected completely with the Ohio State fans. He's different than a lot of the previous quarterbacks. Um, I think. In terms of meeting with the media, he's fairly similar to Justin Fields, but I think on the field, Justin was much more uh, demonstrative, much more passionate and energetic. CJ seems to be a lot more cool, calm, and collected. As you've kind of watched him both up close in media availabilities and then also on the field, how do you think that personality might either lead to some successes or might lead to some things that hold him back a little bit, especially when it comes to things perhaps potentially like being willing to escape the pocket and pick up those yards on crucial downs. I think that CJ is a very contained young man. He is uh, he's a man of, of faith, obviously. He, mm-hmm. he mentions that every time that he talks to the the reporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been through some stuff. Obviously, his father being in prison is something that has helped shape him. He is he is therefore someone who appreci- uh, approaches life's ups and downs very methodically, in a very collected manner. 
And I think that's part of the reason that Ryan Day's teams are so successful winning every single one of the games that they are supposed to win big. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that that they have that success is that they've got a business like coach and then this year they have a business like quarterback. Um, and I think that CJ Stroud having this very professional like approach kind of knows that he is a quarterback who throws the ball really well. And therefore that he focuses so much on that, that that might be the reason I don't think it's cowardice. In fact, I'm sure of it. It's not cowardice. Yeah, no, I wouldn't uh, think so. Reluctance to run. It's not that he's not a team first guy that won't take a hit. It's not that. It's a guy who is very self-aware, knows he throws the ball well, and leans into that, and sometimes leans into it to the extreme. But we have seen that he will do it. Against Northwestern, he did such a good job of it. So he's not unwilling. Um, It's just... Something that he sometimes leans into as a strength of his is his arm. So that you sometimes see on the field. Yeah, I mean, he was the Heisman Trophy favorite uh, for most of the season and ebbed and flowed towards the end, but I think he went into the Michigan game as the as the betting favorite at least. So there is no doubt that he is an incredible quarterback, and it makes sense that when you are as good and as talented and as uh, accomplished as he is, that you want to rely on that rather than either, A, having to take the physical risks of having a quarterback run the ball, but also taking the risk of not doing the thing that you are best at. So I think that makes complete sense. It might frustrate a lot of fans, but I've always kind of, I would prefer to err on the side of doing the things that keep a, the quarterback safe and keep him doing the things that has, has made him one of the best at his position in the country. You tend to see that a little bit more at the NFL level, Mm -hmm. that sort of mindset. And it makes sense when you remember that, Ryan Day's roots are in the NFL, and uh, C.J. Stroud is aiming for that. And I mean, because in the NFL, there's a little bit, it's a little more cookie cutter. I mean, you you have your Lamars out there, but and you have Tua, but there's not a lot of mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, So that that approach is more common there. Yeah, absolutely. And and Justin Fields is obviously showing what mobile quarterbacks can do uh, this year, setting some records of his own. But that even oh, yeah. when he was at Ohio State, that wasn't necessarily the bread and butter of what he did. He was he was a pocket quarterback who could run, not a running quarterback who could throw. So, um, and even if Chicago gets a, a better offensive line and some uh, a little bit better receiving core, you might see Justin go back to that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And I mean, I think like it's similar to what you said about CJ. It is an element of his game that he can deploy if it is necessary. And I just don't feel like he's thought other than perhaps the Northwestern game that it was necessary throughout this season. You can argue your mileage may vary on that argument, but I think from a strategic standpoint, that is far more what prevents CJ from taking off and running far more than anything else. Um, I'll wrap up here, Lori. This game has a lot of different subplots and storylines that are coming into it. 
Um, there are things that are happening on the field. There are things that are happening on the ground at Atlanta, whether it is the actual schematics of what certain one team does against the other. There's the NIL and the transfer portal conversations. But there is so much conversation about this game being a legacy game for Ryan Day, despite the fact that he is only in what his uh, 19, 20, 21, fourth, fifth season in Columbus. So much is being put on his team's ability to perhaps not necessarily even win. I think that some fans every you know, a loss is going to upset a lot of people, but a good showing is at least necessary to placate a lot of people across Buckeye Nation. As you have been up close and personal with this program throughout Ryan Day's in Columbus, uh, Ryan Day's time in Columbus from an assistant coach and then transitioning into head coach, do you get the the sense that he feels that pressure? I know he he alludes to it at times and talks about you know he has to be thinking about the game or whatever, 24 hours a day, but that's different than feeling the external pressure, the existential pressure that a fandom puts on it. Do you, do you feel like that weighs on him more or is he just what he says in press conferences that he's just focused on winning each individual game? No, I, I think he feels pressure um, for two reasons. Um, one, there's no way that Ohio State fans wouldn't let him, um, even if he wanted to. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his family is there at games. Um, his son is there on the sideline usually with him. Yeah. They hear it. They feel it. He would absorb that from his family, if nothing else. And then the second thing is that in moments of candor, he admits it. Do you, I, I know I keep going back to his approach of, against Michigan, but it's so emblematic of everything about the man. The first time he beat Michigan, he talked about what a relief it was. Not how much of a joy it was, not how exciting it was, but how much of a relief. And I just think that that is, that is sort of how he approaches games. He, he does feel that pressure. And I think that's his approach toward all big games. And again, it's also a reason that I think he wins all the games that he is supposed to. He has almost an unprecedented record against teams that are unranked um, and teams in which that he's his team is the favorite. So, yes, I do think he feels pressure. And I think you see that. I don't I don't think he hides it. I don't I don't think he's mm-hmm. trying to be something he's not. He is very admirably a man who is pretty forthright. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think that he feels pressure and I think that he knows what is at stake this weekend. I will not ask you to make a prediction because you are a journalist of the highest esteem. So I will phrase this final question this way. If Ohio State is to pull off the upset and advance to the college football playoff national championship game, what is one or two of the things that they absolutely must do to have that outcome happen? Approach the game with the right mindset, which I don't think will be a problem. Uh, I, I do think that they will... Uh, I, I don't think that they have heard the criticism and the pressure related to legacy and absorb that in a negative way. I, I think they've approached it well. Um, but the other thing, and it's almost obvious, but it's kind of true with this team, they just have to score a bunch of points. 
And mm-hmm. that's a little more of a question just because Georgia is so successful defensively. Um, they've got such good players on that side of the ball. That is, and don't get me wrong, I think OSU has a super, super talented offense. I'm just saying this is going to be strength on strength, and I am very eager to see how that shakes out. So remind everybody what the Dispatches game day coverage is like, because not only will you have uh, a lot of stuff happening in the morning on Saturday, which by the time people hear this is already probably available, you'll have all of the post-game stuff, but I know you are part of the team that covers the game live in uh, in blog style. So let everybody know what those details are so that they can follow along throughout the Peach Bowl. Uh, and I will you know, be optimistic and, and kind of explain what our game day coverage is like every week so that they can uh, look forward to it against the national championship in the national championship game too. Uh, Every Friday we put out in print a special uh, game day section. Uh, Those stories that come out on Friday print tend to go up on the web throughout the week. Uh, But the game day section is a really cool thing that if you can get your hands on a print copy of the dispatch, especially if they make it to the national championship game, Go out and buy a Friday paper off the newsstands if you can buy one. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, we do the uh, the uh, coverage in the morning where we have uh, what we call a real-time reporter now. His name is Colin Gay. He's fantastic. He's that's, a, that's a great addition for you guys. He, I, We've been following his stuff ever since he was at The Lantern. He is a good guy and absolutely the hardest worker. Uh, Brian, who Brian White, who's the lead editor of the Dispatch, and I routinely tell this kid, um, "Please take the day off." And he shows up anyway. And we're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, there's news that needs covered." And we're, we're like, "Yeah, there's news that needs covered every day. You still need to take time off." Um, so we 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 try to do it. He's just too. And then, like, you know, he comes to work and he'll be like, hey, by the way, I also did a story in my time off. And you're just like, Colin, please, uh, don't. You're making us look bad by working so hard. We're going to have to try to keep up with you. Um, but he is on in the morning and he monitors all the pregame shows. And if there is, you know, if you're worried about flipping back between Fox and ESPN and some other channel, Colin's watching all of them. And he will post stories on what you might miss. So we got you covered there. And then as you mentioned, um, during the game, Colin will do breakout stories. So if there's like, if there's an injury or if there's a big development, you know, CJ sets a record or something, Colin will do an individual story on that. But if you want a running account of what's going on in the game, that is covered in our live blog, where we address every score and big development, and we put stuff like which NFL scouts are there, which officiating crew is covering the game. Uh, if there's a record set, you'll also find it in the blog. Just We try to make it very comprehensive. It's been a very useful tool, judging by our page hits to our audience. So uh, the, the live blog will be running throughout the game. starts about an hour and a half before where, you know, we'll tell you if we see something going on in warm-ups. And then um, after the game, we have a bunch of analysis. There's a game story that goes up almost instantly. I mean, 
Bill Rabinowitz is just one of the best deadline reporters I have ever worked with. <laughs> and his story goes up fared really, really amazingly quickly. Uh, and, and then there'll be some analysis by Joey. And Brian White does the, um, the, like, the sort of quick analysis. If you want synopsis of the game, you know, the, here's, here were the keys to the game. Here's how they graded on offense, defense, special teams, and coaching-wise. So it, all that stuff goes up fairly quickly after a game. And then there's coverage on Sunday that you can read, too. It never stops. Uh, both the Columbus Dispatch and the Ohio State Football Program are nonstop content generating machines. So uh, hopefully, as you said, there will be another game for you all to cover this season coming up on, would that be January 9th? So I guess it wouldn't actually probably be, would it still be a Friday game day package or would it would that be pushed to, I don't know, what can you do it on Sunday? Because that's usually a pretty packed paper already. Because of that, we might not have a game day section now that I come to think about it. Because we, we don't like to do it Saturday, because Saturday for us is a, an electronic edition. Which, if you haven't checked out the Dispatch Electronic Edition, I would highly encourage you to do so. It honestly is, for all these people who are nostalgic for the paper, the E-Edition is the freaking paper. I mean, <laughs> it, yes, it's on your screen, but it is exactly what you would see in print. Um so, in fact, it might be a little bit better because we can link to stuff. <laughs> so, um, it, it's, it, I love the E-Edition. Um, and also we have, uh, the, you know, because of our association with USA Today, we can throw in a special sports section that covers the national news, too. So, we've got you covered both locally and nationally when you, put, when you log into the E-Edition. Um, but you're right, there might not be a game day edition that week, um, especially because I think the other thing is, our, and this is a little inside baseball, but just so our readers understand, the sales staff sells these special sessions before the season starts, and we cannot promise them a national championship game, so they probably did not sell that. Well, whatever the coverage is, if Ohio State makes it that far, I, I know that it will be excellent from the hometown paper. Lori, I always enjoy hearing your unique perspective on everything. You are one of the absolute best in the business, especially um, in the Ohio State beat. So I appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you, and I hope that you have a tremendous Saturday covering it for the dispatch and an even better 2023. I appreciate getting to talk to you because it's just like talking to a friend because you are. We are I, friends, I, yeah. Yes, we are friends. And so it's just, it's like going to the sports bar and having a conversation with someone you like very much. So yeah, absolutely. I always appreciate these pieces.